Hello, everyone. Welcome to a brand new episode of One Vision. Over the past one and a half years, the world has come together to overcome numerous challenges brought on by the pandemic, and with some regions faring better than the others. On this show, we have talked quite a bit about financial inclusion, especially with respect to development brought about by financial innovation in the East. Today, we want to spend some time to explore the recent sustainability report released by Ant Group and how they have used technology to bridge the digital divide during this very difficult time. Welcome back to the show, Cheney. Thanks, Theo and Brad. Thanks for the invitation, and it's great to be back with you guys. Um, I believe the last time we spoke was nearly a year ago in June 2020, and you're right, a lot has changed since then. Um, I wanted to say congrats on your book launch. Um, the themes in Beyond Good really resonate with our mission to provide inclusive, green, and sustainable solutions um, to our consumers and small businesses worldwide. So um, I head up comms in North America, um, for those who don't know, and I work very closely with my colleagues at HQ um, to do that. And I think where I'm sitting offers a very unique vantage point onto our business and sustainability practices worldwide. Indeed, and thank you so much for the shout out as well. Your story and what you've provided us inspired much of what we've written about sustainability in, in the book. Um, so let's get right to it. Um, as as you said, much has changed uh, since last year when we when you came onto our show. We have read that recently there is an initiative called the AIDO, which is co-developed by the Alipay Foundation, Alibaba AI Labs, and the China Women's Development Foundation. Can you tell us a little bit more about it? In what areas or demographic groups does it target, and why? Sure, um, and AIDL is very much part of our sustainability um, report, which you mentioned at the top, and I just wanted to um, shine a light on that. It's actually going to be our fourth iteration. Um, we came out with one every year since 2016, and the report covers our environmental, social, and governance goals, um, including on women's empowerment, carbon neutrality, which we'll talk about, and um, privacy protection, um, et cetera. So, so back on AIDL, I think that's a really special project for us, um, co-developed with um, the China Women's Development Foundation, like you mentioned. Um, and so this was launched in late 2019, and we now have some really great case studies from it. Um, so in a nutshell, it aims to bring employment opportunities in the field of AI to underdeveloped areas in China, which is um, quite interesting, innovative, um, with a focus on prioritizing these opportunities for women. And so, so far we have eight of these digital incubators that we call them across four provinces. Um, and so what happens is all the AIDL graduates take training courses in data labeling and curation, um, which are imperative to machine learning and the development of AI. Um, and so this also makes a huge difference that it is women working on AI curation, um, providing their own unique lens um, on data labeling, um, and especially they're from rural China, so that's even um, more interesting for AI trainers to be from that area. So we're really bridging, bridging the digital divide here 
while at the same time providing much needed local employment opportunities for the women who otherwise might migrate out of the rural areas to urban centers to find employment and now they can make a good living staying um, in their hometowns and be with their families and children and not have to leave them behind. Well, it seems like a really good opportunity for people to have that sort of remote work and do something that is um, definitely in line with the sort of technology future that we're already sort of living in. Um, switching gears a little bit, we wanted to talk more also about the green initiatives that are part of uh, the sustainability report. The Chinese government recently announced that it would strive to achieve carbon neutrality by 2060. So what, what role does Ant Group play in, in helping China? Uh, achieve this goal. Can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. Yeah. So in March, we became one of the first Chinese tech companies to pledge a carbon neutral goal by 2030. Um, and on Earth Day this year, April 22nd, we unveiled our carbon neutrality roadmap, which details this plan um, in detail and achieving net zero emissions in our entire supply chain, our office campuses, data centers, um, and we're encouraging our employees um, who are already doing this, but to adopt more green work and travel practices. So it's really our commitment to securing a green and sustainable future for all of us, not just in China, but globally, um, because we're all interconnected on this um, planet. And so it's important that companies do their part too. And I'm proud to say that we've moved quite quickly on this front. Um, and also adheres to the UN Sustainable Development Goal um, 8, I believe, on climate change. So, um, so yeah, we're very excited about this. Um, you can read in more detail on our website, but basically uh, it, it uh, talks about emissions in scopes one and two of the greenhouse gas protocols, um, reducing absolute emissions in our supply chains and using renewable energy in our data centers, um, et cetera, and those kinds of cutting edge um, cooling technologies. Um, and then also we'll be leveraging our blockchain technology, um, which you know about, um, to record our carbon reduction activities and establish a kind of um, carbon tracking and monitoring mechanism. So we'll be per periodically providing updates on this and um, so stay tuned. Thank you. So, um, Cheney, speaking of green initiative, last time when you came on the show, one of the parts that we really, really enjoyed was talking about Ant Forest. Um, we've also put a spotlight on that story, as we mentioned in our book. Can you tell us a little bit more about its latest development, what's been going on, and what role uh, the Ant Forest initiative plays in the carbon neutral program that you're just talking about? For sure, yeah. So we're all very proud of the Alipay Ant Forest Program, um, which was um, spotlit by the UN last year, also as a climate changing um, awardee. And so this is very much ongoing. Um, we have now over 550 million user participants um, who have, through their low carbon activities, planted over 220 million actual trees in China in desertified areas. So a quick refresher for those who might not know. So this is 
where our Alipay users daily low carbon activities, um, such as steps taken and like public transportation, um, uh, utilities can all get counted into virtual energy points that grow virtual trees. And these are in turn proxy for um, real trees that get planted in desert areas. And so it's a really interactive way for um, coworkers and friends to keep kind of their energy saving activities on top of their mind and um, change their habits for the better. And we've seen a lot of kind of behavioral changes in this area. And then I just wanted to clarify that Ant Forest is a separate program, which is based on our users generating this kind of um, green behavioral changes. And so, although it contributes to the overall country um, green goals, it's not strictly part of our carbon neutral pledge, um, which is more from a corporate level and from the company level. But it, I think it all drives towards the same goal, which is of a green and sustainable future. So we're all doing what we can. And I think Ant Forest just makes it fun to do so. Yeah, I think um, it's it's great to see corporations involved in helping you know countries and global goals um, that sort of wrap up into things like the Paris Accord in 2030 and other initiatives um, in terms of improving life on this planet. It's the only one we got. Uh, and as technology enthusiasts, you know, we believe that you can use technology for good. And so enabling your users to reduce their carbon footprint and to plant trees and then have your activities, you know, help your country's goals. And, you know, this is just, this is what technology should be used for, to bring about innovative solutions to create that positive impact for society and future generations. So in addition to to the artificial intelligence and blockchain technologies that we've talked about a bit, let's talk about how satellites uh, and remote sensing technology is helping farmers and planners, uh, especially during this pandemic. So what has Ant Group done uh, in this area to help farming communities and more rural communities? Yeah, um, so the rural community is very much um a key stakeholder of ours. Um, much of China is still rural, as you know. So talking about the satellite remote sensing technology, um, um, my bank, um, which is our small mid medium enterprise bank and Ant Chain, which is our proprietary blockchain, created a new product um, whose name is called Tom Tit, and it's inspired by rural songbirds. And you'll know why in a second, because it allows farmers to use their um, Alipay app to locate their farmland on a satellite image. So, and this helps them apply for loans through my bank, um, reducing the amount of time that it takes um, typically for a site visit to check the crop rotation and the output of the land. Um, so our AI technology can identify the types of crops planted in the area with over 93% accuracy. So the bank can verify this very quickly and offer the farmers corresponding loans um, for their planting and harvesting financial needs. And so it sounds like sci-fi, but it's actually happening today. Um, so the banks can verify this very quickly, um, reducing the farmers' cash flow pressures and you know, allowing them to grow with the seasons and not have to wait for additional cash that they might need. Um, and then also interestingly, this also will identify um, 
disaster areas like during flooding season and all that and so that allows the nearby financial institutions to provide support to the farmers in need too and so that's a really important preventative measure i think um so like you said we're bringing technology to the rural areas and to the farmers I like that. I know that recently um, there was also a news about the goal of my bank trying to bring inclusive financial services to 2000 rural counties by 2025. So I think that that's a continuous theme that we've been seeing right since the last time we talked is how Ngroup is using technology to bridge the financial divide, but also to introduce more services um, to those who do not have access to traditional financial services. So that that's always something that we always refer people to when we're talking about financial inclusion. This is a good example of, of using tech to do that. Um, so in relation to it, I think another topic that often we talk about digital adoption, you know, Chinese as a market has a pretty high penetration rate of smartphone usage, right? and more people seem to be more willing to use digital services. So of, of the offerings that you were talking about, do you think that's only applicable in China because of the behavior of the consumers or what other factors are in play? Yeah, that's a really interesting question, I think. Um, so for sure, China leapfrogged into the digital era and with the kind of national support that um, companies have there is driving digital development in every aspect of society. So I think it is unique in that way. But um, you also do see this happening all over um, Southeast Asia, for example, and other developing countries all over the world are embracing mobile technology. And, and I love to hear what you guys think too. And then also the QR code, for example. So I think the QR code is even picking up steam here in the US, um, I think because companies saw how ubiquitous it is in China and other places, especially during the pandemic. So um, I think in China, people are willing to learn and have a real growth mindset. So I think it's important also for companies like ours to stay humble and solve problems that are relevant to society. And we hope we're doing that. Um, we also have a lot of partnerships with digital wallets in Southeast Asia um, and South Asia, like Paytm and Gcash. Um, and so we're kind of exchanging our knowledge with them um, and showing them how to do this um, well for the local population. Um, and I think bridging the digital skills gap is a huge goal of ours. And I hope that we're doing more. I, I know that we're doing more globally and I think um, one is with uh, a training program called 10 by 1000 in Southeast Asia. So I know, I know Brett would probably want to know more about that 10 by 10,000, 10 by 1000 tech program. But before, before we go there though, um, I remember recently reading an article that talked about precisely what you just said, um, Cheney, about people willing to adopt and, and try different technology. And one thing that they said really, really resonated is if you look at development from a country perspective, from an economy perspective, in the past 15, 20 years, I, I think people in China have witnessed such a fast pace of growth within a generation. And, and that, that, that growth 
pace is so astounding compared to, you know, let's say what we see in the, in the US or in the UK where it happens over a slightly longer period of time, which I, I think probably has a factor to play into, you know, people more willing and to try new things and, and actually believing and seeing the benefits that's brought about by tech. Because comparing to, you know, 30 years ago, I think the country has changed a lot, not even 30, even 20 years ago. And, and it's, the growth is astounding by any means. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I think, you know, the lessons of the pandemic are that, you know, the West and, and the US and, and Europe have sort of thought about the future a little bit differently. And, and when you talk about things like, um, you know, QR codes, which have been used now for decades, but for, you know, more inventory purposes and more sort of corp or sort of business purposes and not, you know, things like consumer payments until the last, you know, five or six years, we've learned a lot from what had happened uh, in the last 15 months to the way our lives, you know, sort of rely on sort of physical um, connections and, you know, the way that we do payments and the way that, you know, we provide credit to our businesses within banking and these type of things. But the future has long been led by what's happening uh, in companies like yours. And so it's, um, it's good to see that your missions include more broader sense of inclusion and more broader goals like climate change. Um, so when we Talk about inclusion. Uh, can you talk about the 10 by 1000 Tech for Inclusion program a little bit more and other things that that Ant Group is either involved in or thinking about for the future? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, the UN Sustainable Development Goals really are our guiding posts for um, a lot of our green and sustainable inclusion programs that we have. So for sure. Um, so. Goal 17 is about partnerships and so 10 by 1000 Tech for Inclusion, it's a program to help bridge the digital skills gap and promote digital inclusion um, for our um, overall region in Southeast Asia um, and Asia overall. So this was launched in 2018 by the International Finance Corporation, which is part of the World Bank group and us um, to develop local tech talents in emerging markets. Um, so now we're in, in our third year. Um, every year the curriculum has changed. Um, and so basically the name comes from we're committed to training 1000 fintech leaders um, from both the public and private sectors every year for the next 10 years. Um, so that is 10,000 people in total. And a key pillar of that is women in tech. And so um, our participants have come from nearly 50 different countries. Um, during COVID, the classes were held virtually. Um, there were classes on leveraging platform synergy to combat the pandemic, which um, shared what we and my bank did in China um, uh, during COVID. And then prior to COVID, prior to COVID the trainees would, come, would go to Hangzhou, um, the headquarters of Ant to participate in seminars led by Ant executives and leading academics in the field and brainstorm solutions together. So actually, like during that time, a lot of interesting cases came forward um, from a participant who figured out a very innovative way for Indonesian fishermen to increase their income to um, a Malaysian uh, uh, trainee who developed a Yuabao wealth management product for Malaysia, but in gold. 
um, to other participants who are inspired by Ant Forest to create similar products in Southeast Asia. So it's really kind of um, generated uh, classes full of amazing talents. Um, one of those um, people is a, a woman named Utari Octavianti. Um, she's the co-founder of Aruna in Indonesia. And so she's the one who um, developed a digital platform to help fishermen sell their catch at a fair price by utilizing auction data. Um, so, and she participated in our 2019 class and was named one of Forbes Asia's 30 under 30. And now she's raised over 5.5 billion US dollars for her platform. Um, there's thousands of fishermen in, in Indonesia who are actively using her product. Um, and I think this is the impact of the training and knowledge that we're sharing um, with our community. And we're looking forward to expanding the curriculum further um, for future classes and welcome new enrollees into this program. Yeah. I am curious too, um, would you plan to expand it to other regions as well? Or is the program pretty much focused on, on Southeast Asia? Um, no, so from the 50 countries, there were um, people from African countries also. So, and also, yeah, all over, I guess. I think it's more for the developing countries that maybe have a similar kind of macro environment as China did um, so that um, that, you know, we can share our learnings and how the digital kind of development happened in China. So it's it's not restricted to Southeast Asia. It's open. Well, I think it's great yeah. to see, uh, you know, companies like Ant Group and, and what you're doing in terms of sort of expanding the future possibilities through education and through training and through just bringing opportunities to areas like your rural communities that may not see, you know, and, and sort of equal access uh, as people that have universities in the cities. And, and just, you know, that's a lot about what we tied into the book, into what you're doing is that financial services can be done for good. The business model can be enhanced, improved, and expanded to include, you know, more communities. And it's just, it's great to see and hear about these efforts tying into sort of a way to inspire others. And so we, we do, uh, again, talk about that an awful lot and use you as an example. So it's uh, fantastic to see and hear more about you and get an update, Jenny, about what's going on with Ant Group. So thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for more inspirational stories, Cheney. And for the rest of you, thank you for joining us for another episode of One Vision. We'll talk to you next week. Mm -hmm.